Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Spirit Storytime. Apparently, my cat, Asker, is going to be a little bit vocal, uh, but she's been doing this all day, so I'm going to just record, and if you hear her in the background, say hello to Asker. Okay, so today, oh, sorry, by the way, <laughs> my name is Bunny, in case you didn't know already, and today um, I decided that what I'm going to talk about is shadow work. Um, because of the global um, pandemic of COVID-19, it has caused a lot of routines and distractions um, to be changed, to be stopped, to be put on pause. It has caused a lot of people to have to sit in their homes, either by themselves, if they live alone, or with a small amount of family. Um, the self-isolation, social distancing, I'm calling physical distancing, um, that's what I've been referring to it for about a week, because I'm still socializing. I'm still calling people. I'm still messaging people. I'm still communicating with people. I'm still watching videos, that sort of thing. So I'm still socializing. I'm just physically distant. Um, so anyways, so what I'm, what we're going to talk about today is about the, the shadow self. So essentially what it is, is that in your, in your being, you have, um, the, your ego, your true self, and then you have the parts of you that are that live in the shadow. So these are the parts of you that you don't fully accept or love. Um, something like if you've had uh, a thought about somebody or something and it's negative or what you would perceive as negative or not coming out of love. Um, it would come out of fear, it would come out of anger, something like that instead. Those kind of thoughts, when you push them across to the side and you and you beat yourself up with that. So your ego will say, well look, you thought this. Um I'll give you a couple of examples, uh personal examples. I myself um had have had like not a vision, but kind of like a thought that had come into my head two times that I can think of where I calmly was sitting there. There wasn't any, I was under a little bit of emotional stress, uh, physical stress. One of the times it actually happened, um, when I had a newborn baby at home and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, this thought showed up and it was actually something to do somebody physical harm. So the first thought was about holding a person underwater and watching them drown. The second one was a thought of, um, of actually snapping a neck. Both of these instances were extremely... They, they, I was very frightened when, when, um, when I had those thoughts come out and I judged them harshly. 
of course, because that goes completely against my nature. Um, and then I was like, oh no, there must be some part of me that is like this, that could do this. Um, I never acted, of course, on any of those. As soon as the the moment happened where that thought popped up, um, I got completely freaked out inside and walked away. I, like I said, I was emotionally in a very dark place. So my vibration, my frequency definitely was, was very low. Um, and physically that, like I said, the second time having been physically exhausted, having a newborn baby at home, um, and so it was the two of the most jarring, like both of these things. So the first one happened over 27 years ago and the second one happened over 17 years ago. And clearly for the last, you know, almost three decades, I have beaten myself up with those, um, you know, metaphorically or, or mentally speaking, my ego has pulled those out at opportune times when I've thought to myself that I was a good person and, uh, and my, um, you know, my vibration wasn't at its peak due to illness, due to exhaustion, due to, um, emotional trauma, um, breakdown of my marriage, you know, death of my spouse, all these kind of things. I would then have the ego pop up and go, well, don't forget you had that thought. Don't forget you're not that good. And it, sometimes I could be like, you know, forget about it. That's not even anything. So what I'm noticing is in our society, in our world right now, in the human consciousness, because of what's going on, we're actually seeing things coming out of the shadows. So these are things that we normally don't have in our consciousness. We've pushed them aside. I saw a ton of, ton of posts on Facebook of my friends saying that they've cleaned out a closet, that they've gotten things ready to donate and cleared out clutter in their house. Their house is not, is cleaner than it's ever been. Um, they've sat with their family and talked, and these are all positive things. These are all fabulous ways of coping. Um, but I also think that these clearing out of the closets, the things we put pushed aside for later, um, you know, shove those in the dark corners, close the closet door, that sort of thing. Those things are actually coming up in people and in society. So, People will be saying things like um, they're doing a lot of healing. Me personally, I'm doing a lot of healing, a lot of growth. Things are coming up for me. Some of the things I thought I even had dealt with didn't even realize that those things were even still there, that there were still pieces of it that I was still attached to. Um, another one that came up too, you're going to learn something about me right now. I am afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of the dark, like pitch blackness. Um, I recognize that 
when I was a child, when it was dark, I likely saw things or heard things or felt things that I couldn't perceive with my eyes. And, um, I wasn't, I didn't always feel safe. I was scared. So that caused me to be afraid of the dark. I actually, as a 44 year old woman, still sleep with a light on in a hallway that shines slightly through into my bedroom. Um, If the power goes out in my house or anywhere, wherever I'm sleeping, if the power goes out and there's absolutely pitch black in my room, I will instantaneously wake up. Um, it's clearly something that (laughs) that I still have to work on, but it actually came up. It came up last week. I was sitting there and all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's time to work on being afraid of the dark. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? And so I just sat, I, I was still in the light. I was still, there was still, um, you know, I was in my bedroom and it's mostly dark, but there's still a little bit of light. But what I did was I cupped my hands over my eyes so I could not see any light at all coming through and I had my eyes open. I let myself know that I was safe, that there was nothing there for me to see or feel. And and like I just kind of just sat there with it um, to get myself a little bit used to the fact of being in complete darkness even though I knew I could just remove my hands at any time and it wouldn't be completely dark. So it, it was it was a way to get me kind of used to the idea, um, you know, used to the, the concept of complete and total darkness. Even if the light in my hallway was off, my room would not be completely dark. There is a street light just outside of my house. So that would actually light up a little bit in my room. And that is still enough for me to be okay with it not being completely dark. Um, yeah, but that is something like that I've had a problem with all the like for a long time when I started sleeping over at my then boyfriend, who then became my first husband. When I slept over, first started sleeping over at his parents' house, um, I would leave the light on in his room because he lived in a small town and at the back of the house. It was, it got very dark when the lights were all out and everybody else in the house always had all the lights out at nighttime. So when I would sleep over at his house, I had, would leave the light on in his room and I would tell his mom and dad when they would say, Hey, you left the light on again last night. I would say that I fell asleep while I was reading. Um, I mean, I didn't know what else to say. I was, I was 16, 17 years old at the time. So I was, yes, I wasn't telling the complete truth. I mean, I do read before I go to bed and many times I would fall asleep, um, while I was reading, but I definitely, the reason was because I was afraid of the dark. Um, that's not the only thing that's come up. There have been, like I said, other things like that, like those two instances of those thoughts that came up and understanding that. I think the biggest thing is, is just accepting that there are certain aspects of myself that um, are less desirable, I would say, uh, that resonate less with the true being of who I truly am. And that there's, it's nothing to fear, nothing to 
beat myself up with with ego. I need to just observe it, understand it, have compassion for it, and finally accept and love it. So, yes, I have had thoughts. I understand that those thoughts came at times when I was under a lot of pressure um, or exhaustion or um, anything like that in a different part of my being. And that may cause me to be a little bit unbalanced in certain aspects of my life, which can, you know, lower my frequency, which then can cause these ideas and these thoughts and these things. So like a routine of self-care, when these things come up, maybe just kind of looking in your life and saying, hey, where might something be out of balance? What is this showing me? And if you can see that, um, you know, then, then you can clear it out. Now, there's a couple of different modes of modalities of healing there's tons but a lot of people call the feminine or the masculine way of of healing so feminines is through feelings and masculine is more through understanding and through the mind um both of those are equally valid of course and actually i think they need to be kind of sometimes used in tandem so with me personally some of the things that i have been have been coming up for me lately Maybe there's still just some feelings stuck in there. I actually had a one of the shadow, um, like one of the things that I kind of tucked away into a shadow, tucked away into the dark, the darkness to be dealt with later, um, came out actually through a breathing exercise. So I'm following Kyle Gray 111 days um, for, to raise your vibration. It's on YouTube. You could find it. Um, and I only started on February 14th. So I think I was on day, I don't know. I was on day 40 something. And, um, it was something, it was about breathing. I do breathe into my belly. I have noticed, I have noticed that, that I breathe mostly down deep, which is a good thing. I mean, if you're in high stress, you usually breathe up in the top. However, I notice that I don't really fill the top up too, too much. It's mostly belly breathing, which babies do. So, I mean, yes, okay. That's kind of okay. Um, But what he, when, and I was okay with filling the bottom. I'm okay with filling the middle, like the top part of my lungs. It was when I had to do these short little, these short little breaths right into the very, very top, short and quick little breaths. It reminded me of the breaths that Steve had been taking uh, 45 minutes before he passed away. And it wasn't that he was labored or gurgling or you know anything like that it was just that I could tell I didn't even I couldn't even didn't even know exactly what it was I knew that his breathing wasn't normal his normal breathing but um and I noticed the breathing and I was conscious of it at that time and I went back to sleep well that was something that I kind of just tucked away as you know, it was a little bit of a guilt, like, why didn't I call an ambulance that all those kind of things that come up when you're grieving. And I tucked it away because, you know, hey, whatever, I had to survive. I had to get through day to day. It, it, I could deal with it later. The issue is that 
sometimes that later is really long time and that shadow has really gotten a lot bigger than you even you know just like that closet got way more cluttered than you even thought or that that basement or that junk drawer wherever whatever it is that you tuck something away to to be dealt with later that's exactly what happened with this so I started doing that breathing with the Kyle Gray exercise and tears just started pouring out of my eyes I I was just completely shocked that that had happened at that time and and I put it together that it was it was because I was recognizing that I was I was attached to that memory of Steve's final breaths and um the you know just I hadn't released that yet that part of his death I mean I had released other parts where I had done the CPR, what he looked like when I found him, um, unresponsive, like all of, I had the firefighters and the police officers and the EM, EMTs, um, EMS people, all that being in my house, which is already, it was already pretty stressful dealing with, um, you know, some shocking, um, things like finding out that he had been adopted. I didn't even know that. And, um, you know, all these kind of things like just, I I dealt with a lot of the aspects of his death and um, of course I still grieve him and I still miss him and I likely always will in it some small part part of me um, but to know that I hadn't released the emotions of his breathing and the way that he was breathing that was the only time I'd ever heard him breathe like that and and I didn't, I hadn't released that. That was still there. That was still part of that. And all of the emotions that I still had attached to that. So I still had guilt over that, that I hadn't called 911 then. And that, you know, the what ifs, like if he had, I still had that stuck. And I had no idea until I did those quick little breathing. And which had nothing to do with releasing guilt or the, like nothing. It was completely out of left field. And I'm so grateful for all of these opportunities that have been arising. And I've noticed that not only is that happening for me individually, like I said, it's happening for friends, for them individually as well, where things are coming up that they haven't dealt with or, um, they shoved off into a corner like they do, like you physically do in, in your home and society. So society has been, has, that's been happening as well. And I always, always, always look at the whole, um, ideas of that, you know, we are, when you look at the universe, so, so when you look at the universe, and some people, you know, there's multiple universes, and I'm one of those people as well that believe in multiple universes. But if we just take our our universe, our universe is made up of galaxies. These galaxies are spinning around each other, or you know, they're spinning around, kind of like, um, like they're just moving around. They're moving. They're they're. It's not just a, you know, just a static thing the the galaxies are moving then when you get to the galaxies the galaxies then have stars that are moving in the galaxy 
our sun is one of these stars. So our sun, and I only just recently <laughs> learned this. I don't know why this has passed me before, but our sun kind of travels in like almost like a corkscrew. So our sun also is moving around our galaxy. Then around each of these stars, um, the sun included, there are planets that are moving around. And then around each of these planets, there are moons or satellites moving around them. Then you get down to our, in the like actual atoms, the, you know, of everything, <laughs> of everything. And there's electrons and protons and all of that. Like it's all just, it, it just keeps showing you how in the small to the big, it's always the same. And that makes me think of, there's this, um, this thing about holograms. Ho every piece of a hologram contains the entirety of the picture. And that's exactly what I see reflected in the universe. So every single piece, even down to the smallest little piece holds the entirety of the universe. And on that, <laughs> that little bonus part at the end there, I'm going to leave you with um, saying, take this time, take this time. And when something comes up, be grateful for the opportunity to clear it and release it. It's only an opportunity. So the choice is always ours. If you're ready to deal with that, you will find the way to deal with it. If you are not ready, tuck it back into that junk drawer, tuck it back into that closet, close the door. And when it's ready to be released, you'll release it. It's just the way that it is. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this week's episode of Spirit Storytime. Again, my name is Bunny, and we'll have some more time next week. Let's chat. Thank you.